Good morning, pilgrims and travelers on the sunny path of life. <coughs> Not the right time, but 7.45. Let's see, let's see, let's see. Well, uh, beautiful sky, so the the heat is uh, should be felt today and for the next two, three days. Pretty much until Monday, I think. Uh, it's going to be my hardest time so far. So that is for the forecast. Today is uh, the Feast of St. John, so it's a big one in Spain. So San Juan. And, you know, they have bonfires. They have, they're going to have some kind of like a, a hot chocolate type deal. And uh, so... Though I will be, you know, because of where the albergue is, uh, I don't think there's going to be too much of that, which is fun by me because I have no interest in partaking in any of that. But uh, that's also the day where I'm getting those 19 uh, Spanish kids, the group. So we'll see about that. I'm planning to get all the beddings on the bed ready when I get the housekeeping done then. And... Um, Mm, my goodness, um, my goodness, where do I go? Where do I go from here? Where do I want to go? Why am I not clear? I don't know. Let's think about that here. Um, I guess let me start with my appearance. So, so, so. I don't know why. I'm having... It's like I'm holding back. I don't know what that is. Hold on. Just getting that. Yeah, I feel like uh, I have not to turn the key on. No, uh, I'm not starting the car. I'm not able to. Interesting. Let me, let me stay with that for a second. Uh, I think I slept pretty good. Well, I mean, like I say, I have a fan in my room, so it's actually, yeah, I'm pretty much guaranteed a, a quiet night, unless something, I mean, if, if I can't, then whoever is in a dorm is really making a lot of noise, and that would obviously get my attention. So, I guess I'll talk about who came yesterday. So again, yesterday, another quiet day. Interesting enough, this uh, German couple came in, Marcel Claudia. Kind of funny, quite a French-sounding name. And they had apparently an interesting night in Logroño. So it did rain, you know, uh, two nights ago, quite a bit. Thunder, actually, we had a little bit of a water buildup in the albergue from the... It's a garage door, one of the wall. And so it's not completely sealed, and with the wind blowing. Uh, and uh, and so the roof leaked, so they had to move twice. <laughs> and I'm like, what a great souvenir, you know? I mean, of course, you know, they didn't sleep well. There were no rails on the top bunk, so the guy was worried about falling, you know? Some of them are like that, you know, you just don't have that protection. Anyway, man, I'm like, that's going to make, it's going to become a sweeter and sweeter memory as time goes. 
kind of a new age older German couple, about 10 years older than me, going through also quite a transition. They just realized a job. They just kind of quit, put everything in storage, and they're just kind of traveling and kind of looking for inspiration for a new way of life moving forward. And so, you know, arrive early here, get a drink, and then realize, yeah, we're going to stay here. And then very glad they did for them because, they, you know, they had the place to themselves for a while. And, of course, it's a quiet, nice place to rest. And a small town, you know, you don't really have too much to do, so you're going to chill. And then this funny-looking older man, white hair, big fellow German, too. But this one spoke almost no words in English. I mean, almost no. And, of course, my German is not up to date. So it was interesting, but he came once, and then he was looking for a sandwich and coffee. And I pointed him kind of to the you know, to the church where you have the, the main bar where most of the pilgrims go. And uh, and then he came back to stay. Uh, initially, he refused the dinner, which was fine, of course. You know, I offer because, you know, when I say vegetarian, it was like, ugh. <clears throat> he would make those kind of grunting noise. Very, very interesting. But he wasn't being a smartass. You know, I'll get to that in a second. But uh, for whatever reason, I was like, I'm going to wait a little later to start dinner because I only had two. And then he ended up joining. So, and that worked out. So there were three of them, all three German. And uh, so this guy, I think he's on a kind of interesting spectrum on uh, artistic. You know, during dinner, I'm kind of a hands-on person, you know. And then as I was, uh, you know, we're doing the introduction for dinner. And it's the first, it's the first time somebody basically was just not comfortable sharing at all. Just, uh, it just didn't make sense for him. And some of his, the way that he's reading the crowd or the way, there was something about him off. And then I kind of patting him on the back, you know, kind of just a gentle rub. And he was just, you know, of course I cut that very quickly and I stopped and nothing wrong with it. But there were just a bunch of different cues to me that made me think of, uh, uh, you know, social, social awkwardness from that fellow. But, you know, like I said, the guy with everything, you know, it's, uh, it's a good place to be here on the Camino. I think there's more tolerance. You know, those things are, those people are perceived less as obstacles and maybe more as opportunities. Definitely the way that I looked at it. You know, at one point I just sat with him and he would just, uh, you know, share what I, whatever it was. We kind of understood each other, but I was like, okay, I'm with you. Let's just see where it goes, type deal. So that was interesting. Uh, funny guy, funny fellow. And then we had uh, Raul from the Basque country who was doing the Loyola Camino to the cave of Manresa. So the one I did backward uh, last year. Uh, and uh, sweet guy, and he arrived quite late. It had a rough day. La Guardia, I remember now. 
La Guardia is the first place. Well, it's about 20k from here, from Navarrete. So last year when I arrived there, I realized it would have been like uh, 26 more k to make it to uh, to the next uh, lodging for pilgrims. So I ended up arriving like at 11 and then realizing I'm done. And then uh, one of maybe the most expensive lodging I stayed in. It was very nice, but it was expensive because there was nothing else for pilgrims. So that part of the Camino is uh, not quite developed. You know, they don't quite get the traffic. Anywho. And so I ended up doing his laundry also. He had a bunch of laundry to do. And uh, so that was, those were my four guys. Uh, it was very nice. You know, definitely very quiet. Differently from the, different from the previous night with those uh, young Italians and even that English gal who was take, who ended up taking the bus. Uh, I forgot, Tammy, is that Tammy Sawyer her name? I forgot her first name. Anyway, this young British gal that uh, ended up uh, being the last one to to live, you know. Uh, I did, you know, obviously I kind of let her know that I was going to clean, but, you know, she had a... Normally I clean at 8.30 and she left after 9, having breakfast and all, but I'm like, okay, walk around that, you know. The dance we talked about being flexible, you know, to have your routine and, uh, you know, you can move things around, you know. It is obviously important that it is important that my uh, responsibilities be fulfilled, but that's okay, you know. Even if I was to get somebody, you know, like at 11 or whatever, I'm okay. I can, there, there's some things that I can do a little later. So important to really, really value the human connection, those people, you know, uh, to empathize, to sympathize, to have compassion for the journey that they're on, you know, the challenges. Some, for some of them, it is really, really hard physically. It really is. And, uh, yeah, it, it is, it can be challenging for me or can maybe minimize, you know, I may have that propensity to minimize the, the physicality of it because it is so easy for me, you know, um, that it can be hard to be like, how, you know, like, how do I relate to that when that, that's just not my experience, you know? For me, that's the easy part, the physicality. But we all are different. And of course, you know, I could just, I could find a way to relate. I can empathize. I don't have to sympathize to empathize. And I guess to me, the different difference, and here comes a definition of empathy and sympathy. So the empathy for me, the way I understand it is, though you do not have a direct connection with that person's experience because you have you don't have that to share with them you can find a way to be relatable with them by using something that though different it's kind of uh, synonymous you know like i remember that gal when i was a wilderness guide she had uh, bulimia and i basically as she was describing the qualities of that condition what she felt then I realized, even though I do not have bulimia, well, I have this thing that seems to bring these similar feelings. 
so I can use that to relate to you. So that's empathy. So you just find a way to, to make it relatable. And sympathy is basically, well, I know what you're feeling, you know, like a mother who's lost a child talking with another mother who also has lost a child. And then, then that's kind of an easy bridge to cross. And also it's different quality because in this case, you know, it's like, well, I've gone through the same thing as you, you know, though my, my past is not going to be the same as yours, but I think there are going to be things in common, you know, because of, we share that same experience. So anywho, so that was interesting. And then also I had a funny thing happening early in the morning. I had a Hungarian who came in and he was looking for something to eat. And uh, initially I was like, yeah, I'm sorry, this is not a bar restaurant. I mean, well, I have drinks, but that's it. You know, the rest is like, uh, better say there is a bar, you know. But then he kind of insisted and I was wondering, I was like, oh, are you kind of like uh, asking for charity? And uh, and it took me a couple of seconds. I'm like, you know what? Have a seat. It's like, okay, a couple of toasts with bread and with butter and jam. And so basically, I got him a nice glass of lemon water, and then I toasted him some bread, brought a knife, spoon, and the jam and the butter. And then basically, it's like enjoy. You know, welcome and enjoy. And uh, in the end, he was asking me how much, and I'm like, well, it's you know, there's a donation box if you feel like giving something, but it's that's up to you. You know, it's not my deal. I don't care. So I was, I was kind of surprised because then there were like six Korean that showed up looking for food. And, uh, <laughs> and of course, you know, I sent them that way. And uh, I kind of wondered, I was like, hmm, could I, could I have offered, could I have like, you know, done like a three euro, you know, like a coffee and then toast and butter and jam. And uh, well, I don't know. I think I could have, actually. And I, I would have, when it came time, all my stuff was done. I was caught up with everything. I think I still had a lot of laundry to fold, but that's the arena. So I think in the future, it just, that's the first time, actually, that, that it's really happening the way it did. And then uh, I might. You know, I might offer, you know, because I can make fresh coffee and I have everything else. So it's a way to offer something. It's also an opportunity to generate low income. And as I have said before, I have no qualm about that. So we'll see. keep in mind if that makes sense. Um, you know, but at the same time, too, like this is not technically the place for that. So. I don't want to complicate things, meaning, uh, you know, we do offer food and all, but we don't have the, the setup, you know, to, to, to be offering the service like, you know, a restaurant or any place where they offer food like a bar, a maison, taverna, a bodega, and then they have a, you know, the kitchen is separate, the people cannot get to it. And then here we do not have a wall to separate the kitchen from the, the rest of the place. It is small, you know, albergue. Anywho, anywho, so, but it was interesting. So this guy, you know, I, uh, yeah, to kind of switch, to find a way to, to switch that, to offer the guy, say, welcome, have a seat, you know, take a break, enjoy. And then being a good host. So learning, I'm learning, you know, uh, and also that 
instability, like uh, it's something in my past, very intransigent when I was before, very task-oriented, very goal-oriented, and you either an asset or an obstacle for me. And it's kind of like, no, that each human being becomes my goal or is more important than whatever goal I had in mind. Unless the goal I had in mind was directly linked with another or with a pilgrim that I had. Because uh, obviously my, uh, once somebody, you know, pays for a bed and, you know, needs something for me, that person would have priority over somebody who's just coming in for whatever reason though they are valued and I want to honor them in a rightful way. But yeah, my priority, my res my main responsibility is as a host and whoever is choosing to stay then become my, uh, my priority. But like the guy from Hungary or whatever, it's like when they show up and then that's it, then they are my priority. And it doesn't matter whether they stay or not. And to, you know, as it says in the Bible, if somebody wants you, to come and walk one mile with them, walk two miles. You know, this idea of being selfless and of being giving and of being of service. And it is definitely challenging for me because I'm quite the bookkeeper in Contable. Uh, actually, is that Contable in Spanish or is it just in French? Contable, the bookkeeper, a CPA, uh, an accountant. Oh, yeah, yeah. CPA certified public accountant. Interesting. But anyway, uh, yeah. And uh, yeah, it's something that I want to. I want to use this place as an opportunity for that, as a springboard for really learning to be of service. Because my, my main friend is quite self centered. Yeah, I'm quite self-centered when it comes to what my needs are and, you know, how people might feed people into my life. And it's quite interested, you know, in terms of self-interest, a lot of it for me. And I want to change that because the human value, the, 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 the potentiality of that uh, human connection and realizing that, uh, you know, yes, to, you know, to take care of oneself, you your belongings, you know, your health, you know, your food. And, you know, if you go and share a place, you know, to, to try to find a place, a nook that's comfy for you. And and sometimes that just takes over and it becomes too, too important. Or, you know, like me arriving early in an albergue and then finding the best spot that I can for myself. Uh, instead of sometimes being willing to, being like, you know, yes, that would be very nice, but you know what? There could be people coming that may have um, a better use for it than I would, you know, like using the top versus the bottom bunk. And sometimes it's still challenging because if I don't have access to an outlet and the bottom bunk has the bottom bunk has an outlet, then I'm more I'm leaning more toward getting that one because it's more convenient to me. And uh, and I'm not saying this is right or wrong. It's kind of like uh, when I'm telling of the number, it's, it's a lot about me, you know, even when I'm with other people, and it's more about my convenience and not valuing as much other people. Anywho.
too. Like uh, I talked about her, that French woman that gets so pissed at me, which is very interesting, you know, and it's not like uh, shame on me for doing that, but it was definitely uh, quite a shocking, uh, quite a shocking experience that uh, I got into that place, Villanueva, Villanueva, I think it was called, I forgot exactly, on the Via de la Plata. And then I arrived in Albergue, I was the first one, went to the city hall. It was very interesting that those guys didn't quite know where the key was, but eventually and they got me the key. And then I went there and then I opened the albergue. And then you had basically a dorm upstairs and you had this room downstairs with a shower. And basically it was kind of like a handicap accessible. So, of course, you know, if you had like somebody who was a handicap or special need, then that was for them. And, uh, but I went there, I wasn't even, I didn't even think about it. There was no like handicap sign or anything. And then I, when well, I the first one, I got my shower. I was so psyched. I was going to have my space, you know, being in silence and all. And I didn't give a thought about it. And the, actually the staff, the people from the, the volunteer or who, whoever was involved with the albergue, you know, they, they came in to give the stamps to get your information. And they knew where I was, actually one knocked on the door, you know, and I was in the shower. When they knocked on my door, and then when I got out, you know, we just uh, did the paperwork. And they said nothing, you know, as far as, oh, by the way, this place is for, you know, people with special needs, just for that. So nothing was said by the people who work there, because, of course, I would have moved at once. But this woman, she just, for whatever reason, she just flew off the handle. Se le ha ido la olla. Like a, a, the pen, like, uh, yeah, se le uh, irse la olla. It's like when you lose it, basically. She lost it. And she, I mean, she cursed at me. She basically kind of like, fuck you, think she flipped the finger. Anyway, it was very interesting. And then I saw her again in Salamanca. And then when she realized I was in the dorm where she was, they ended up moving. So, anyway. So part of me thought it was funny, but a part of me was definitely uncomfortable with it. And of course, being in silence, I said nothing. So, and then I was downstairs in Salamanca, and then she went and talked to the hostess. So basically, then they went out, and I knew basically that she was going to talk about it. And I could feel the demeanor of the hostess, I think, change a little bit when she got back in the room, you know, because she more than likely, you know, took everything uh, that she told her. And, uh, you know, there this older woman. Uh, that were just so peace and self-righteous about me. So I really, yeah, I really, through me, she really lost. And then it was a, it was a challenging, she was a challenging person for me because a part of me was angry. Uh-oh, is she right there, buddy? Yeah, thank you. Unusual. Yeah, looks like she's waiting. Okay, she's by the, well, that's unusual. She's not normally by the gate. So, yeah, the idea of self-centeredness and being of service and not because, oh, that's going to benefit me, you know, this quid pro quo, you know, you rub, I rub your back, so you rub my back. Hey, Muddy. Muddy. Yeah, sit your butt up, baby. Huh? Oh, yeah. You've been here. Were you waiting for me? Hmm? Were you waiting for me? Huh? Oh, we're gonna get, are you going to slub on me? 
Are you gonna are you gonna are you gonna are you gonna get out? Are you gonna get out? Are you gonna get out? I'm running. All right. All right. Good morning. Good morning. Hold on. Good morning. Yeah. Yeah. Are you muddy? Are you cakey? Are you cakey? How are you doing? How are you doing? How's my muddy doing? Is it blood? What's going on here? Is it more than mud? What happened here? Did you did you get an abrasion on your on that part of you? It's very sticky, something like it could have been blood or something. I don't know. Yay! Yeah! 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 I haven't seen the owner eh? in quite a while, eh? Mm-hmm. Are you getting used to that space to yourself, eh? Yeah? Yeah? Mm-hmm. 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 Anyway, good to see you, girl. Good to see you. Good. Oh. You brutish, yes. Anyway, my slubbery muddy. So, uh, so yeah, quiet day yesterday. Beautiful day, actually. Really was a beautiful day. And uh, yes, I cooked for the three guys. Definitely something interesting that's happened. So, of course, looking at a change from the pace and everything, is in the evening, I just, my headspace is not there for Duolingo, even for reading. It's uh, just kind of like way down in terms of my energy. And, uh, of course, it's different, you know. There is a lot of uh, me involved in terms of the place, you know, getting ready and whatnot. But it's, uh, it's interesting. I'm like, why? You know? Where, where is that uh, enthusiasm and uh, I have plenty of time to practice languages so I don't know uh, and of course at the same time being like that's okay you know it's all right uh, it's all right to be to be what it is so anyway we'll see so is there any bits of wisdom that I might find in the recesses of my mind to impart to you today? I don't know. I don't know. Well, I think just, yeah, this idea of always being open, you know, never, never believing that where you are is a great place. Of course, it's not mine, you know, it's uh, and a lot of what I'm reading. Just never take yourself for granted. Never, you know, never sit on your laurel about anything that you are never as far as where you think you are. I mean, you may be, you know, the farthest and you've been up to now, but you're not done. You know, it's, there is no end to, to that 
exploration of life. And uh, I was actually, you know what, there was something that I was thinking of. Uh, I got a message from Pilar yesterday. She sent me a few photos as of late. And I was thinking about her in this weird tug of war that I'm going through. You know, it's not quite the same now, you know, being where I am, obviously, I'm committed to the albergue. So, you know, that, that's my life. And like I said, you know, I, it's not really, it is a non-issue, but there's a part of me that still linger and long for her. And there's still some sadness there. And uh, part of me is kind of like, it's just so weird. Why would you still be lingering there when you know, you know, that it's basically hopeless? And uh, the story, you know, that I've come up with, because at the end, everything is just a story. It's not true. It's just a way to make sense of it. And it seems to be essential for us to make sense of everything and that we can in any way we can. And uh, that there is this kind of like possibly a training ground for surrendering or different kind of surrendering. And in her case, it's like, you know, this person, this thing, this feeling, whatever, this connection that a part of me really want. And then having to, or finding a way to surrender that, you know, because it's easy to give up what you don't really like, or, oh, you may like it a little bit, but, you know, not much, but when you're really hooked, you know, enganchando, enganchado, when you're really hooked, uh, engancharse, on something, that is hard, like an addict, right? It's just, uh, th those are easy ones, kind of like seeing a guy smoking, you know, it's like, dude, you know, it's bad for you, you know, you know that's an easy target. But we all are hooked on something, and uh, that. And then, what is interesting about the hooking is not the hooking itself; is why it is that we are hooked. And again, there's a story behind, and the story is that I need that to have access to the feeling that I feel and the quality of it. And it's like, and if I don't have another way. To get to it, then this is what I want. And of course, then it's a transaction, right? It is not a relationship. It is a, it is a, it is a strategy, it is a manipulation to how, what do I have to do to get more of that? And then that person becomes a means to an end. And that's not love. That is not love. At, you know, maybe, the, maybe a city with we to define it would be a pseudo-love, right? But I don't call it love because the connection is not at the same place. It is an interested connection. And then it's basically like a business transaction. Then it's like, okay, I know that I want you because I get that. Then it's like, then what do you need from me in order for me to remain connected to you so that I can keep, keep juicing, you know, milking that that connection to feel that way. So it's quite selfish, quite self-centered. And I'm not saying it's wrong. Far from me. But it's definitely not something that I want. And for me, I know it's not sustainable, 
and it is nowhere as good or nowhere in the same ballpark as what I would consider being love or genuine love. And therefore, it's not good enough. But it's still, it has like a, uh, it's got an ouch, you know, to it. It's got a, this very soft spot. Because every, there's so many things attached to the word pillar, you know, to a memory, like to the one I saw on a photo yesterday. And uh, so it, it is an interesting uh, can of worm in a way. And uh, honestly, I really feel blind when it comes to her. But at the same time, it makes sense. You know, because as Arandas would say, you know, it's like you, you're going to be in a trap no, what, no matter what. So get in, really get in the trap and then leave that trap. And eventually the hope is that it will self-destruct. And, uh, and then you'll move on to the next trap. Because anything mind-related, it would describe as a trap. And I tend to agree with that. That any ideas of what is, of what I really want, is more than likely nowhere accurate. But it's the best that we have. It's a, the, the best relative self-identity that we have. And you just have to work with what you get. And in my case, believing that, that that is it, but it's also the best that it could be. So be with that, be the imperfect be, the more perfect that you can, and then just be willing and open, you know, to kind of keep updating it. And uh, but no rush, you know. Don't worry about the end product. You know, you are on the journey now, so the journey is what's most important. You know, so what you're going to experience, what you feel, or what I feel, you know, what's going to be happening. The times when it hurts, you know, when I feel ashamed, embarrassed, everything is teaching me. Everything is going to help. And there are some people, there are some connections that are just more powerful in that way. You know, they're just so much more potent in terms of how you are affected. And uh, Pilar is definitely that. There is, there is nobody else. There's no equal. No igual. Yeah, it's just no hay color. Yeah, it's night and day with her and the rest of the world. Because it really is Pilar and the rest of the world. And then yet, at the same time, it is also about giving that up. So as I keep, you know, making those connections, thinking about her. And like I said, she, it, was, it was different on the Camino because obviously now, if I was really more busy than I am now, then there would be less of it because I would be so much more engaged. But, you know, there is... I still have so much time on my hand, so much free time. Though I am basically staying in the albergue, so it's not like I'm going to go for a two or three hour hike, so it's not the same. But, you know, I still have plenty of time. And, uh, and so, of course, she comes up. So, anyway, and, uh, but at the same time, I'm not worried about it. I'm not in a rush. I'm not like, okay, let's get this thing over with. What, what do I have to learn? Let's learn it so that I can move on. I'm like, no, just, just let that skin dry naturally, show up, do the best that you can, and then do not focus on where you want to be. Just focus on where you are and then own, own each moment without thinking any further about the future because that's 
that was in a planning phase. You know, that's what planning involves, you know, future thinking, learning from the past and then applying that to a, a future goal. But once you are engaging in it physically, pragmatically, then it is about the doing and being with the doing. And that's what's most important. When I clean the bathroom, you know, it's not because I need to clean the bathroom so then I can clean the dorm, so then I go grocery, then I go to church. It's like, no, the bathroom cleaning is what's most important. I am, I am mopping and being with what I am doing. That's the highest value, that's the highest good at the time. And to apply that which I know up till now, who I am, and then to be with that. And to be able to, I mean, I'll never forget, even though I don't really have a goal, <laughs> meaning like, okay, so, you know, why am I working in the albergue? I'm working in the albergue because it makes sense and I feel good about it. That is it. You know, I'm not doing it to make money. I mean, though I will be making a little money, you know, but it's like, I don't, it's not a business deal. It's my life. So it is a little different for me than for some other people. It's going to be easier not to let future gain or loss, you know, or prediction to affect and then manipulate how I end up doing what I do in a moment. Uh, it is easier for me to, yeah, to, to not rush things and then to, to not overvalue one product and undervalue. Oh, is she coming? Yeah, she saw me. Okay, shit, maybe I was talking too loud. All right, buddy, I'll come give you a hug again. Yes, yes, yes. You can come get your sugar, honey bunny. I know you're alone here all day. I know, shit, yeah. I mean, you're alone like 20, 23 hours. Well, I don't know what the guy does. He has a little garden, but it doesn't look like he's doing much to it outside of tilling it to keep it clean. Yes, yes, yes. I know, I'm coming. I'll give you a shake. Of course I am. Of course I am. Okay, we're running. This is locked? Yes. Yes, you going to sit? Are you going to sit? Yeah, that's a good girl. Yeah, that's a good girl. How are you doing? Yeah, you're getting bigger. Yeah. Mm. It's good to see you. Hmm? It's good to see you. Yeah. 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 You're so sweet. Mm -hmm. I was such a puppy when I started here, but it's been... It's week number four here. Yeah? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, you shit leaning. Yeah, I'm sure you'd be, you'd like to more than likely me to sit somewhere and you would just lean near and you would just be happy. Mm -hmm. But this is your life. This is your life. And I'm in it for a little while, at least. Yeah? And I will just make the best. We'll just make the best. Yes? Yeah. Oh, are you putting a paw like, hey, bring me your hand. Bring me your Okay. Yeah. I'll go. See you later. Okay? Yeah. See you later.
her. So, one more day on the Camino. It is now summertime. And uh, ready to, to get the alberga ready. Take my shower. The Spaniard might still be here, possibly. Yeah, I have the feeling he might still be here, finishing his breakfast. So, and uh, shopping-wise, I don't think I need anything today. I got hummus yesterday. I'm I got a plastic scraper. I just couldn't anymore. It's like I just like to clean the dish properly. Oh, I finished the plum jam. I cooked it again, and I did a little more sugar. And it looks pretty good. So I have it on a lot of. Uh, um, glasses, you know, glass uh, made out of glass. So because we have quite a few of those, because I don't have jars, and I put saran wrap on top of them. So and they are in the fridge. So I think it will hold fine. I think I have enough sugar. That's that's the only bummer. Uh, you know, alcohol and sugar are great preservatives for jam. Uh, and a clarification here. Here's a false friend: preservativo and preservative. Preservativo in Spanish means a condom. So, and preservative is a... Uh, oh my goodness, what do you call preservative in, uh, in Spanish? Shit, I forgot. I knew it, but I forgot the name of it. So, anywho. So, yeah, alcohol and sugar are just great. But, uh, but I think it's good in terms of taste. I already had a comment about a British gal saying, thank you for the amazing uh, plum jam. Anywho. And then we'll see about, well, I still have a, quite a big ball of them, if I'm going to go and uh, I, don't, I don't have the room. If I don't have jars that I can fill, I don't have the room in the fridge to, to make another big batch of it. Anyway, I just, I don't, I don't quite see how that would be doable. So, uh, I'll see, I may, I may send him a message to, uh, to Angel. Um, because if they have some at home, I don't know if his mother does the preserves, but that would be a way. And then also my shorts. Actually, yeah, they're torn up where they were torn before. I'm going to have to sew that again. Uh, I was almost thinking about asking him to get me, you know, giving him the size, say, get me, go to Decathlon, you know, buy me next time you come. Buy me a pair of running shorts that size with two pockets, zip pockets, and uh, they're very affordable and they're good quality. I got those since 21, right? Since uh, Belen. We were together to Decathlon when I get those. And, uh, but uh, yeah, I'm going to sew them. I'll do that actually this morning. Uh, I'll fix that. I fixed an inside pocket that had a hole in it. The keys I realized were going to fall through it. And uh, now I need to kind of fix the under <laughs> my inner thigh, my inner thigh self. Okay, looks like we have a little traffic here. That's in the road. And so, yeah, beautiful clear day. So for the next. Uh, Next few days, it looks like it's going to be nice, dry, bright, hot. So maybe part of me thinking, yeah, I might sell more, more beer, you know, because I make around a euro. 
each time I sell a beer, which is quite a nice, uh, you know, nice margin. It's just that not a lot of them get moved because if I was selling a lot of drinks, uh, then it would definitely be quite lucrative uh, here. And I would have no issue, you know, the fact that every day I can go to the store and we'll be able to replenish it. But it just, uh, I sold one drink yesterday. It just doesn't happen that much. Anyhow, but that is for that, my friend. Representamos el vino y el pan. Bendito seas por siempre, Señor. Bendito seas, Señor. Por este pan que nos diste. Fruto de la tierra del trabajo. Los hombres te presenta más el vino tan bendito seas por siempre, Señor. Bendito seas, Señor. Por este pan que nos diste. Fruto de la tierra, trabajo de los hombres, te presenta nos el vino tan bendito, seas por siempre, Señor.